I often get mad at myself because I'm writing poorly or worry that I'll never write another book or feel frustrated because I'm up against the limits of my talent. But I never dread writing. So I often feel that I'm not up to the task, but I never dread it. John Green. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. And we are continuing our series on pearls from the masters. Today we are taking a look at John Green. You may recognize the name for having written The Fault in Our Stars and a lot of more modern dramas. He's also very popular for his vlog series with his brothers, Nerd Fighters. But we're going to be looking at some of the quotes that he's given and break down the questions that we covered at the end of December about how do I learn. If you need to review that, go back and listen to either the beginning of the last episode or the one before that as we talk about how you can learn to become a better writer. So let's just get straight into the pearls from John Green. Most of these quotes were taken from an interview that he has posted on his website. If you want to look at the full interview, I definitely suggest it. It gives a very interesting insight into his experience, not only as a storyteller, but being a famous author. And I think our opener touched on the humanity of his experience. It starts with, I often get mad at myself because I'm writing poorly. Of course, I have never experienced that. Neither has Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Never. I always write great. <laughs> this is something that I think all authors can feel. We get frustrated because the words just aren't coming to the page. We have this image, and it's just not working out. But we keep writing because we love to write. This one challenges me a little bit. Because sometimes I do dread writing, mostly because I don't feel like I know where I'm going. And I'm frustrated with myself, and I think that's mostly what I dread. So let's look at the next quote. Books are the ultimate dumpies. Put them down and they'll wait for you forever. Pay attention to them and they'll always love you back. It's an interesting way to look at... Reading, I think. And writing. Yeah. Because looking at my own writing and my habitual procrastination, I definitely see this applying to my writing, not necessarily my reading. If I put down a manuscript, it'll wait for me forever. But the only way that I'm going to get anything out of it, the only way that I'm going to get it to tell me its story is by sitting down and working on it and writing it. This next quote is something of a trend that we're going to see a lot throughout this month. I think almost everybody has a version of this. And the quote is, whenever I'm asked what advice I have for young writers, I always say that the first thing is to read and to read a lot. The second thing is to write. And the third thing, which I think is absolutely vital, is to tell stories and listen closely to the stories that you're being told. I think a lot of writers forget that they're storytellers. So do you agree with this one? Yes. I am mostly intrigued that they're so closely attached. The first and the second, reading a lot, writing a lot, that 
makes sense. Those two go hand in hand, very much so. Remember that you're a storyteller. So many people lose track of what a story is. It's not just exploring a world. That is a lot of the fun in writing. That's not a lot of the fun in reading. And ultimately, you are communicating to another human being who is going to finish the story in their heads. I like his next quote. It's something that I connect with at a very deep level. Writing is something you do alone. It's a profession for introverts who want to tell you a story, but don't want to make eye contact while doing it. I feel this in my soul. Same. I feel like this one is a preaching to the choir kind of moment. Most writers are like this because they struggle to speak in words. There's a reason why this podcast is never live. We would be getting a lot more Sanderson references for sure. And a lot more jumbled words. Because telling a story out loud is hard. Yeah. There are authors out there who are extroverts. They are more rare, I think. And I can definitely sympathize with John Green in saying that it's a profession for introverts. But that need to connect is throughout all humans, not necessarily just introverts or just extroverts. So if you're wondering how you can apply this, just remember that you don't have to be an extrovert to write and enjoy writing. You don't have to do the publicity side of things to be a writer. All of us get it. We all understand. The next one is a bit amusing and I think speaks to a lot of the struggles of new and aspiring authors. And that's the funny thing about writing is that whether you're doing it well or doing it poorly, it looks the exact same. That's actually one of the main ways that writing is different from ballet dancing. <laughs> John Green is a little weird, but I like him. It's true, because if you hand me a manuscript and it's in 12-point font and Times New Roman and all of that, and then I look at one of my first manuscripts that I've ever looked at and I put it in the same font, glancing at both of them, it's very hard to tell which one is good writing. There are a couple of clues, paragraphing, and like that. But it's much easier to evaluate skill in other arts. And I think that's why talent scouts and agents for authors are unsung heroes in a way. Because they can filter that really well without wasting 15 hours reading a book. And I think that leads really well into the next quote, one that I think will challenge some status quo for some new writers who think that they're the best writers. The quote is, I believe that all writing is rewriting. Even when you're writing something down for the first time, it's still an act of translation in a way because you're trying to use the text to bring to life this thing that exists in your mind. This translation from emotion to text, from idea to text, is a lot more difficult than people think. Like any kind of translation, it's never going to have the exact same structure. Just put a phrase into Google, translate it to a different language, and then a different language, and then translate it back, and you're going to get a jumble. You're not going to get what you had the first time around. 
But if you work on the rewriting process, all writing is rewriting from that first bit to continuing. If you continue working on it, you act more like a skilled translator, someone who knows the ins and outs of each language to make that transition smooth. And then your end product will be much closer to the thing that exists in your mind. So long as you keep working on it and not just accept the first translation. The first translation tends to be more like me in college speaking Spanish translation. (laughs) Not very good. If you're looking for a research tangent on that one, somebody translated the lyrics of All Star by Smash Mouth into Arabic and back. Hilarious. I about died when I read it. (laughs) I think this next quote kind of goes hand in hand with that rewriting, because I think a part of that storytelling process comes when it's read, not only when you're writing it. The reader is reading something as well. This next quote is, they, meaning books, belong to their readers now, which is a great thing because books are more powerful in the hands of my readers than they ever could be in my hands. I think this one also goes along with the Stephen King quote in the last episode about how description starts in the mind of the writer and ends in the mind of the reader. Once we write, once we publish, it's no longer ours. It's out there in the world, and it's the readers that matter at that point, not me. I think it's interesting coming from John Green, who has had several of his books made into movies, It must be very difficult for him to see an actor understanding the script, even if they didn't read the book, and then the script writer having read the book, interpreting it differently than how he initially imagined it. You're like four translations down the line. It must be a weird feeling to be seeing your own creation on film in that regard, because it's not yours anymore. Our final quote that we're going to talk about is, I also like to remind myself of something my dad said to me once in regards to writer's block. Coal miners don't get coal miners block. This is going to challenge the status quo and really eat at a lot of people, myself included, that use writer's block as a crutch to not write. Yeah, we've spoken about how people believe in or don't believe in writer's block. He ends up in a slightly different category than I do, so he definitely challenges me in that regard. Because coal miners don't get coal miners block, which makes sense, but coal mining isn't an art. So I'm going to have to disagree with this one. Eh, but if you keep working at writing, even if it's bad, you're still writing. In the end, it's a profession for him, not a hobby. So that discipline to just go to work every day, whatever your work is, helps you move forward. And it's you that has to decide what you're going to do with that. But whether or not you suffer from writer's block, whether or not you think it's real, what you should do is... Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 